welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Hey, superstars, welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today, <laughs> because life, people, scheduling, Mercury in its shadow, who knows? Um, the guest that I had planned for us is not going to be here. And so I'm pivoting and I'm surrendering to what is, and we're doing a solo show. I haven't done a specific solo Word Up podcast before and 
I love a challenge. I love novelty. I love a new experience. So let's jump in. <laughs> um, I made some notes and I'm just going to kind of dance around into what's been in my head. For anyone who is tracking my newsletter, then you'll know that I'm really doing a slow mosey into 2023 because my keyword this year is easy. If you're not signed up to my newsletter and haven't caught up <laughs> to uh, where I'm at and how I'm doing things this year, I encourage you to sign up at dannycats.com. But the basic gist is I've been working on my new book, The Language of Betterarchy, which is at a couple different publishers right now. Um, and I, I've been working on that book for a good five years, waking up before the sunrise every morning, writing for anyone who's written a book. You know what it's like, where it's like you're kind of never not writing it, uh, which a lot of times is my reticence to jump into a big writing project, project because I know, oh God, okay, I'm going to get obsessed again. My attention is going to be compromised while I'm working on the project. I'll be having conversations with friends, but there's always another aspect of me that's like, oh, but what if you move this part over to chapter eight? Or what if we bring this in? Anyway, what I realized after finishing this book is that I'm freaking exhausted and that I have been in a pretty much nonstop sprint for the past three years. So I've allowed myself to rest, to read, and uh, to approach 2023 really, really differently than I have before with ease, um, with spaciousness, to not really front load my schedule with too many things, and I'm really digging it. So just to give you, you and me a lay of the land, what's on my list for us to talk about today is... Um, the whole capital M masculine, capital F feminine polarity rebalancing situation. So one of the working subtitles for my book, The Language of Betterarchy, is the real deal return of the divine feminine. I don't think that I'm going to ultimately go with that, but it's very top of mind for me. So that is one thing we're going to be talking about today. Number two, we're going to be talking about the censorship situation because it has come to my attention through the geniuses at No Agenda podcast. Shout out to John and Adam. Thank you for making this global apocalypse somewhat bearable. Is that there's they're censoring the censorship situation so it seems like um a lot of the people who are still tracking and giving their attention and their trust to legacy media aren't aware of what's going on in censorship so we're, we're gonna touch on that and then the last piece which i'm thinking to make the first piece is this bullshit engineered racism race war that I see these people attempting to drum up and my own experience of it because I had an experience of it last month that was pretty shocking oh and <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna jump out of I'm leaving him with another one it's not on my notes but I also want to talk about um Civil disobedience in the face of an increasingly automated world, given that we haven't really had a collective conversation about automation and I don't consent and I'm not really down. So let's let's just start there. Now, I would never encourage anyone to break the law. And I've heard from a couple friends of mine who have reached out to stores who are now uh, 
getting rid of their cashiers and only offering self-checkout or they'll offer like, you know, six self-checkout registers and then one that has like a really long line and they won't take cash or like whatever their nonsense is. But I've heard from some friends and personally, <laughs> thanks for rolling with me. I think this is how it's going to be because really as of 10 minutes ago, I thought that I was talking about the difference between being a witch and being witchy. So uh, this is a really sort of sudden pivot and I have faith in myself and I have faith in you. So thanks, thanks for uh, your confidence in me as we seamlessly pivot into a completely different show. Personally, when I go to stores that used to hire human beings with emotions and uh, sentience and compassion, when I go to those stores and I see them replacing actual humans with automated checkouts, I immediately ask for the manager. I let them know my thoughts. Um, I will call like some sort of headquarters. But I'm hearing from some other people who have similar feelings about it as, as I do, that they don't pay for all of the items that they're checking out. Now, again, I am not encouraging anyone to break the law, but it does occur to me that if these stores are seeing losses now because they're having people who aren't trained on these machines, who aren't trained cashiers, who don't necessarily know the protocol, um, if these people are accidentally forgetting or don't really know how to do price checks or to ring up everything that they're purchasing and these stores see losses, that occurs to me that that might actually make a dent and encourage them to second think this automation track that, that we seem to be moving down. So just some food for thought. Again, I'm not, I'm not encouraging anyone to break the law, but I had this conversation with Emily and Shane Sador on his podcast, which is behind a paywall. So I'm not sure if you're able to see it unless you are supporting Shane Sador, which I encourage you to do. I, I have been posting some clips on my YouTube channel, but this actually folds in with the whole divine uh, excuse me, not divine, but the like the feminine masculine issue that we're seeing, um, which is just because we can do something, just because we d we've developed the technological advancement, because we're driving forward on this blind, like more, better, faster, quicker, you know, capital M masculine trajectory, doesn't mean it's the best thing for us to do, right? And that's where the feminine is missing from this conversation. So we're gonna dip in and out of this today in terms of this, um, the myth of patriarchy and like how confused people are about what that really means in combination with the return of the divine feminine, which people seem to also be extremely misguided as to what that means. It seems like the way the conversation is being put out into the public is that it's about um, kicking dudes to the curb and treating them like shit while elevating women to positions of power. And because right now I'm specifically talking about um, the rebalancing of the masculine feminine polarities, I'm not gonna touch in on the other marginalized groups that are being elevated to positions of power or to you know the top of the invisible status ladder or whatnot. I'm just gonna keep it in the realms of, of dudes and women 
uh, so that I can cozy up in the confines of my own double X chromosomes and maybe avoid some of the indoctrinated, insane pushback that um, this conversation could otherwise attract. But so the conversation about you know, the return of the divine feminine has all these like goddessy women, you know, wearing purple chiffon and breath work and whatnot. That's not really what the return of the divine feminine is. And then we have this like fourth wave neo-feminism that seeks to, or that is dehumanizing and vilifying embodied incarnate men and boys, um, which itself is a masculine strategy, right? Because it when we're going to the polarity constructs that together form this third dimensional dualistic reality construct, we're not talking about men and women, right? We're talking about the larger energetic frequencies. Think of a, um, like an extension cord going into a, a hole in the wall. That hole in the wall is the feminine, right? Because it's receiving while the, the plug itself is the masculine because it's penetrating, right? So we see these polarity distinctions in physics, in engineering, in mechanics, in you know various realms of science in addition to all of these other spiritual realms and modalities. But you know, as, as uh, current sham show matrix culture has a tendency to do, it takes something that's true and will malign it and confuse it and twist it into this knot to mind fuck the people into staying stuck and disempowered um, and to not course correcting our earthship. So so the masculine feminine is, is really inviting this this larger rebalancing. And in terms of... What was my point? Okay, I remember. <laughs> We're talking about automation, right? So automation is actually a pitch perfect example of the masculine being um, lauded and, um, and and like driving our ship without bringing in the feminine, right? So so the masculine in terms of capital and masculine is linear, right? It moves us forward. It forges new frontier, right? It's always looking to push these edges to take us into places that we haven't been before. Whereas the feminine holds the container, like it holds the whole, it unifies, right? It, it holds space and it's constantly tracking all of the component pieces that make up the whole, whereas the masculine isn't really wired to consider or care for the whole. And I want to be super clear when I say this, when I say the masculine isn't wired to care for the whole, I'm not talking about men on any level. I'm talking about the capital M masculine. We all have masculine and feminine energetics, and it is our own personal path, task, journey to come into right relationship with them, to alchemize them, to know when is the time to bring forth our masculine, when is the time to be resting in the feminine, et cetera, et cetera. But the masculine is always driving us forward into, you know, new territory. And the masculine is all about like technological advancement and how far can I take this? But it's the feminine that's like, wait, 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 hold up. Okay, great that we have these technological advancements. Let's talk about whether it's in our best interests 
as a collective, as one human species to implement these, right? So that's where, once again, we have the feminine completely missing from this conversation around automation, around technology, right? It doesn't matter if there are women in positions of power who are having these conversations. It's still a masculine conversation when we're not stepping back to consider, is this what's best for humanity? Like, think of Jeff Bezos spending however many millions, billions, who knows, to take a joyride to the upper reaches of the atmosphere in his spaceship when we have people on the planet, when we have people in our own country who don't have clean drinking water, who don't have enough to eat. Again, this is an example of the imbalance between the masculine and the feminine because the masculine is concerned with technological advancement, whereas the feminine, again, not women, the capital F feminine is concerned for taking care of the whole and showing up for what is best for the whole. And once the whole is taken care of, then we can see what is our most intelligent way of folding in technological advancement and implementing technological advancement. So automation is the pitch perfect example of the imbalance between the masculine and feminine because there doesn't seem to be a lot of talk, concern, or care about the, what, hundreds of thousands, millions and millions of people who are being put out of work uh, to instead hire robots or, or hire algorithms. Um, not to mention the people being put out of work. It's just like the lack of, of human connection in these interactions that makes, frankly, a lot of matrix tasks extremely sucky for people like me. Like, you know, how many times have you been on hold with a machine and you're like, Customer service representative, customer service representative. If you're me, you're like screaming like customer service representative because not everything can be whittled down to like a yes, no, or a press one or a press two, right? So this is a pitch perfect example of how the masculine is completely freaking out of balance. And so from my perspective, the return of the divine feminine doesn't really have dick to do with putting women in charge and kicking men to the curb or kicking anyone into the curb because that's not progress. That's just rearranging the pieces of a broken game. Now, that is not to say that once we do come into right relationship and a harmonizing balance with the masculine and feminine on this planet, that that won't necessarily mean that more women are stepping into positions of power. But to just put women in positions of power or give women, you know, scholarships, jobs, whatnot, uh, for what, like virtue signaling or to, th you know, as though women are so disempowered that we need some sort of like affirmative action system or whatnot, that's not progress. That's not healing anything. That's actually widening the divide because because hierarchy, right? And this is what my new book is about, which will be out soon enough, is that it is really time for us as a human species to evolve out of hierarchy because hierarchy needs there to be losers for there to be winners. Hierarchy needs there to be people to not have enough water or resources so that elites can take joy rides or fuck around in Davos or like whatever they're doing. That is all intrinsic to hierarchy, which is an organization structure that is based on status and privilege. Status and privilege is so freaking out of date and old paradigm. It's time for us to move out of 
that. Um, and that means that we're not depending upon groups to take short shrift. We don't need men to be treated like shit. We don't need black people to be treated like shit. We don't need Jews to be the universal scapegoat. Like all of that goes away when we have a system that I'm calling betterarchy, wherein no one is privileged over the other. Now that that is not to dissuade excellence. That is not to push for some sort of like communist equity. It's to say that there isn't um, a difference in value placed on the different roles that we play. It's, it's to say that like the person who comes in to the university after hours and cleans is not um, treated worse or given lesser status than the professors that come in and teach during the day, right? So this automation thing is, it's so interesting that it's happening and being revved up now in the face of woke culture, fourth wave neo-feminism, all of that. And, and we can see how it's a distraction, right? Oh, look over here and get annoyed at like really dumb shit like pronouns and don't pay attention to the fact that humanity is being completely barreled over and sold down the river. Um, so that we could bow to almighty technology and, and computers and give our power away to algorithms and, and say stupid shit like, well, we can't have free speech because the algorithms don't understand into intonation or sarcasm. It's like, no, well, then let's just pull, put the brakes on automation until a, we have a larger conversation amongst ourselves as a human species. B, um, we mature to the point that we're not, we can handle this tech. Like there are so many pieces, but the masculine in this conversation is on total overdrive, which is why I no longer shop at Whole Foods because I'm not dealing with that automated self-checkout bullshit. Like I work all day. I don't go to the store to do someone else's job for them that I'm not being paid to do. And, and then there's like that surveillance and all of that shit. So, so these are my two cents on, on automation and how insanely ridiculous it is. Um, masculine feminine. All right. So I got, I'm not sure you guys are going to be able to see this. I just had a birthday. Yay. Yay. Yay for Aquarius season and me still being on this planet, I guess on some dimension. Um, I mean, not that I'm not on this planet, but you know, sometimes I have some mixed feelings about being in so much density and I'm sure all the mixed feelings that anyone who's listening to this or watching this feels because every day is like upside down clown world here. Every day is like the twilight zone where I'm, you know, anyway, so one of my birthday presents, um, a sweet friend of mine gave me this bath bomb. And I don't know if you could see on the label, it says women owned. You want to piss me off? You make a big deal or just mention that a business is women owned as though that is something that needs to be stated. So ever since I've been alive on this planet, there have been women owned businesses. It's not a big thing. It's not like that hard for a woman to own a business. We have women who are lawyers. We have women doctors. We have women in politics. We have, you know, women in very powerful positions. So to continue to ghettoize women and try to shove us into some disempowered box where we need the world to throw us bones um, by, you know, 
making a point of specifying that a business is women owned is a complete sham. So this is a war against women to make a big deal out of this. And for me as a woman, I don't want any part of that. I don't give a shit that the bath bomb is women owned. Is it high vibe? Is it made with clean organic ingredients? Do I like the smell? Do I like how it feels when I'm soaking in it? What is the quality of the product? Not that I'm supposed to feel sorry for the people who made the product because they're allegedly lower on the status totem pole, again, hierarchy and so to even out the uneven playing field i'm supposed to give them my money not because their product is superior but because they're a second class citizen like ew 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 um again like i'm all for free will so if if you think that that's empowering for yourself to like identify as some sort of subgroup uh by all means but just know that that is a disempowering move and a disempowering choice like to say women own business it plants a seed of like if i just landed on this planet right and i didn't i wasn't aware of all the different like cultural shell games going on and i heard women owned then I would think, oh, that must be some sort of big deal. I guess women weren't able to own businesses up until recently, right? Like it just plants this seed. It's the same, I'm gonna say it, I'm gonna fucking go there. It's the same with Black Lives Matter. And this was the issue that I had with Black Lives Matter when they first hopped onto my radar in, I think it was 2013. And I had pitched Reality Sandwich a story on like, hey, you know, let me write a story about the languaging here because I can guarantee that this is going to create way more racism. Uh, hello? <laughs> I think I was right. But they wouldn't let me run that story because according to the editor A, they, you know, th there was too much uh, drama around the gender reassignment article that I wrote in 2012. Which, by the way, was in no way, shape, or form saying that I don't think people should be allowed to have gender reassignment surgery. It was just saying it seems like in terms of Occam's razor, it's not our kindest, most compassionate way to deal with this novelty that seems to be presenting itself in the collective. But anyway, the second reason was my editor was a white man. And he actually said, Danny, I'm, just, I'm, I'm a white guy. I can't take that kind of heat. But it's the same thing. When you say Black Lives Matter... It plants the seed of like, well, wait a minute. Why would you even have to say that? I guess some people think that black lives don't matter. Why would people say that black lives don't matter? And it just opens up, it like activates that narrative and it invites people to avail themselves to that narrative. It's the same thing of saying like butterflies matter, right? If I say butterflies matter, then it indicates that there's some sort of movement uh flying insect species that believes that that butterfly lives don't matter so it implants in me this controversy that is engineered that is fake that is time for us to evolve out of and it gives that um it gives that distortion more power more life and more energy it feeds it and fuels it in the larger construct right it's like if I go to the bathroom when you're hanging out at my house and I come back from the bathroom and you say, I didn't rifle through your refrigerator. I know you rifled through my refrigerator. Like, why would you even bring it up? Um, so 
it's the same thing with this women own thing. It's like you're, you are conjuring the narrative that women are second class citizens and that women need extra support to be able to make it in the world. It's extremely infantilizing, which I find this whole fourth wave neo-feminist movement to be incredibly infantilizing as though I don't have a voice for myself, as though I don't have my own back, as though I'm far too disempowered to say no, I'm not comfortable with you putting your arm around me. We need to sign a consent contract because I can't be trusted with my own body. I can't be trusted um, to take care of myself when I drink. Like it's all fucking bullshit. Um, and it's really disempowering for women. And so this whole like women own shit, I'm very excited for us to evolve out of that. It's super lame. We're all humans. As a woman, I don't need anyone else's pity. I don't want someone, you know, uh, signing up for coaching sessions with me because I'm a woman and they feel like a woman needs, you know, their charity. Fuck that. I want someone signing up for coaching with me because I'm the best coach for them and they're excited about what I have to share and offer and I'm offering the absolute best service for them. Anything else is just, this just like mediocre compromise bullshit that I'm really excited for us to be evolving out of. I think I have more on the masculine feminine, but again, like we're just, we're just hopping around in this very Aquarian nonlinear fashion because why not? I'm going to take a deep breath because this is part of my, my 2023 slow mosey. My slow mosey is also like, I'm kind of playing chicken with the multiverse right now, being totally honest where I'm inviting a new way, right? I, I, I've said before, easy is my keyword for this year and I make a point of really presencing the word easy, the feeling of easy, all the tributaries of easy, which, you know, ease, um, tasks being easy, me being easy going. Like I really presence that every day. And at this point, it's my North Star where it's like, if something doesn't seem easy, I'm not gonna do it. It's not to say I'm not gonna work hard. I, I'm still me, of course I'm gonna do that. But it's this overall ease that I'm choosing to align myself with. And so in terms of, you know, how I'm choosing to move forward with the podcast, with my quantum languaging, consulting and coaching and all of those things, I'm just chilling. I'm chilling and I'm inviting the universe to show me. Um, someone in my Saturday salon, uh, darling Nikki, genius, beautiful woman, she shared with me her partner's acronym, which is ELF easy, lucrative, fun. And I'm, I have taken that on myself. I was, you know, I was inclined to say I stole it, but I'm choosing to live in a universe of abundance. There's plenty of e lucrative ease and fun to go around. So, um, so I'm really rooting myself in that and not making choices that aren't that right now and, and still like just gathering new information, seeing what sort of support I can magnetize. And part of that is, like instead of spinning my wheels to find someone else at the last minute to jump in and do a podcast, I'm like, I'll just do it myself. And I'm gonna take breaks to sip water. And thank you for rolling with me. All right, so what else is on the list? More of this masculine feminine thing. I mean, so the first third of my book, I guess I'm kind of like pre-promoing my new book 
but it is called the myth of patriarchy. And the gist is helping people to understand that patriarchy is a lens of perception. Like it's not just dudes in positions of power. It is a lens of perception that we have all been indoctrinated into through thousands and thousands and thousands of years of enculturation. And so for us to get out of patriarchy, it is incumbent upon all of us as individuals to change our minds, to change our own individual lenses of perception. Um, while at the same time, like helping to reorganize society, which obviously from my perspective is through the language, that's the easiest and simplest, most effective way when we stop speaking status and limitation and, you know, power plays and lack and victimization and all that bullshit that is inextricably inextricably bound to hierarchy, then a more equal, abundant, empowered um, society and its structures will necessarily emerge because these are the frequencies that we're speaking into our collective reality. But from my perspective, we're going about it all wrong. And, and like just seeing the way that people are treating men for every time I hear white people, whatnot, uh, you know, in a derisive way, it's like the masculine divides. So when we're talking about, you know, these masculine feminine polarities, the masculine divides and separates. The feminine unifies and coalesces and coheres. So we can see in our speech patterns, we can see in our collective discourse how much the masculine is driving it through this division. And it's so fascinating to me to see so-called you know, neo-feminists or people who are devoted to equity who are still using these tools of the patriarchy, right? These masculine tools of separation and division and not realizing that they're just exacerbating the very problem that they're claiming to want to course correct. Um, conflict, violence, right? These are elements of the masculine shadow. We see those like smash the patriarchy is one of my favorite phrases to break down. You want to smash the patriarchy using the patriarchy's primary tool, which is violence. Um, great. Then we're just going to get more patriarchy. We're just going to get more masculine distortions when we're using those tools to allegedly heal culture. Like it's not going to work. It's like putting out a fire with a flame with a flamethrower. That's actually exactly what it is. It's only going to create more fire and more destruction. So I'm inviting us to start looking at like where we are using tools of the patriarchy, uh, division, separation, conflict, right? There are so many, and I'm not going to give away my whole book in, in one short podcast, but you know, the illusion of limitation, the illusion of lack, right? Those are tools of patriarchy. If you, if anyone's ever planted, you know, a leafy green, you know that the nature of the, this universe, of this realm is actually abundance because the more leaves you take off, the more it grows back. That's nature. It's just humans that have been fed this fallacy of scarcity and have bought into it um, and, and thus continue to perpetuate it by using the language of scarcity. So in terms of 
you know, course correcting or, or just rebalancing the masculine and feminine, it's an inside job, right? And that's a big part of me choosing easy as my keyword. It's, it's me embodying my feminine and putting down the masculine hustle tools that I had been using that really hadn't been serving me or my work in the best possible way and availing myself to a more feminine way of doing things, which is being more fluid, right? Which is pivoting. Like instead of freaking out on my podcast guest who canceled at the last minute, it's like, okay, I hope you feel better. I'm going to, I'm going to make a different choice and like staying in ease. Um, for, for me, that's part of how I'm rebalancing my own masculine and feminine and also in terms of receiving, right? For me, I'm choosing this as my year of receiving. Whereas in the past, I had been pretty imbalanced in overgiving, right? And that's the masculine doing, generating, putting out versus the feminine, which is receiving, allowing, availing. Right. So this is an inside job. I can't expect the world to fix itself and come into its own uh, harmonic balancing of masculine and feminine if I'm not doing it myself. We create the world. The world is a reflection of us as individuals. The more of us who realchemize our masculine and feminine feminine and come into right relationship, the more quickly we'll see the world start to reflect those those corrections and those adjustments. And this is another piece of of the the scam, right? Of the sham show scam and the matrix, you know, kind of tricking us with its distortions is in terms of focusing outwards instead of focusing inwards. And that's a big part of how we've all been enculturated and indoctrinated is no, don't look inside, just go, you know, raise hell and and protest and burn down buildings or yell at people or whatnot. No, no, no. It's like looking inside. You know, for me, when the whole Me Too thing erupted and I was living in L.A. at the time, so it was very loud there because of Harvey Weinstein and Hollywood and like, oh, it's such a shock. There's a casting couch. Yeah, I n- never knew that before. Wink, wink. Um, but for me, it was like, well, we live in a realm of equal and opposite forces, right? So if the masculine is out of balance, then it is incumbent upon me to look at where I, as a feminine embodiment, am also out of balance or where my own internal masculine feminine are in balance and how can I course correct? Or what can I do as a woman to take responsibility for my part of this polarity game that we're playing um, as a means of supporting the whole in coming into right relationship, right? So my perspective on it at that time, which really wasn't well received by a lot of people, is just this over-sexualization of women, right? And women over-sexualizing ourselves. And it's not to say that it's not fun to sometimes like put on a low-cut dress or to dance in a sensual way or whatnot, but it's time and place, right? If we're gonna wave you know, our ass cheeks in front of dudes and then shame them for looking at our ass cheeks, mm, we're out of integrity. It takes two to tango, right? So um, in terms of the larger rebalancing of the masculine feminine, like I'm definitely inviting all of us women to look at like, where are we running our masculine energy? Um, Where are we running our masculine energy in healthy ways? Where are we running our masculine energy in unhealthy ways? Where can we start to strengthen that feminine muscle and, and rest into resting, rest into being, rest into holding, you know, even looking at the current 
um, polarization, right? Where there's just zero tolerance for different opinions. That is the masculine shadow. That is the capital M masculine completely out of balance. Again, nothing to do with men or people with penises. It only has to do with the complementary opposites that um, create the energetics upon which this entire realm is based, right? So I completely lost my train of thought. Um, I'm going to pause. I'm going to pause. Recording in progress. I remembered. God bless the pause and God bless Richard Rudd, who wrote The Art of Contemplation, which was really um, valuable in helping me understand the value of the pause, which is itself feminine, right? Masculine, do, 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 go, go, go. Feminine, pause. Oh, I lost my train of thought. I don't have to keep going and fill the space. I can take a pause and rest in the feminine and allow the train of thought that I was on to come back to me of its own accord instead of chasing it, right? So um, in terms of the larger collective discourse, this intolerance people are having for different opinions, for different choices, for different allegiances, for different um, you know, voting choices or whatnot, that is the capital M masculine. If we wanna be in right relationship with the feminine, if we really wanna see the feminine rise, if we really wanna heal, the imbalance between masculine and feminine energies on this planet, then our wisest move would be to hold space for everyone's opinions and allow them to all be valid even if we don't agree and even if we don't understand. That is what it means to be in the feminine. The masculine is this intolerance, this cancel culture, this censorship, this cutting people off and trying to fit everyone into the same homogenized box. Um, again, this is the masculine out of balance and the feminine being, you know, cast aside. Um, so again, I'm just inviting us to start to think of these as a lens of perception instead of as dudes and women or as, you know, wage gaps or any of that stuff, because those are all just symptoms of a deeper problem. And that deeper problem is how um, the imbalance between the masculine and the feminine has programmed all of us to elevate masculine ways and means of doing over feminine ways, right? And so the feminine allows, holds space, cares for the whole. The feminine is about emotion and intuition. Um, you know, we, we had a, a Saturday Salon call. Saturday Salon is my group coaching community. We meet every week and there was a death, an unexpected death in our community. So we were focusing on grief and we're gonna continue focusing on grief. So if you're someone with dealing with grief, get in touch with me. We'd love to have you in Saturday Salon. But someone was asking in the salon, well, how can people ask such stupid questions when someone dies? And she was specifically talking about, you know, this young man was killed in a car accident and someone was like, well, you know, was the person drinking and are you going to sue? And what I was explaining was like, it's easier to be in our heads, the masculine thinking, intellectualizing than it is to be in our hearts and feel how sad and scary it is 
to lose, you know, someone so young and so close to us, right? So again, we have another example of the imbalance between the masculine and feminine feminine where we immediately defer to thinking, overthinking, figuring stuff out instead of just being with I'm really freaking sad. Like this hurts so much. That's the feminine, right? So when we're talking about this larger rebalancing, it's uh it's how we're embodying it, right? It's how we're operating. It's what energies are running me in any moment. And again, it's not to say that there aren't going to be times where it's in my highest and best interest to be leading with my masculine, right? Obviously, I do have a strong masculine, but it's coming into right relationship. And that's nothing that can be prescribed. That is a moment-to-moment dance. That is a moment-to-moment alchemy. And if we are not aware of, A, what masculine feminine energetics are and be you know what our tendencies are and how we're running then we we ourselves are not going to be able to come into right relationship and if we ourselves are not able to come into right relationship with the masculine and feminine good luck coming into right relationship with the masculine and feminine on the larger like global scale it, it's not going to happen we are co-creators of this reality construct what we see our collective reality is an amalgamation of all of the thoughts, words, deeds, and beliefs of the individuals comprising it, right? So the more individuals who are coming into right relationship with their masculine and feminine, as I already said, the quicker we're going to see that in our world. Um, But it is an inside job. There's another place I'm tempted to go with this, but it's a little spicy. So I'm going to, I'm going to hold off and I'm just going to check my notes. Okay. Um, so the censorship thing, the censorship thing is really cuckoo. And if you, if you're, as you're someone who's likely been following me, you know that I've been dealing with it for the past few years. Um, you know, I'd had tastes of it after Trump was elected and, you know, social media started to get weird. But after I wrote, um, that documentary, which to date is the most censored documentary, I got myself on some sort of list or a handful of lists and uh, have been systematically censored, deplatformed, shadow banned. I've had accounts deleted. I've been targeted with different like big tech ops. And it's only recently come to my attention that people who are following the mainstream have no idea that this censorship is happening. And I'm guessing as you're listening, you are you are not someone who's listening to the legacy media, so I'm still not sure what the fix is going to be. But, you know, as I've taken steps to grow my business and to branch out into, you know, more consulting and bigger audiences or whatnot, I've, I've hired business coaches, I've talked to marketing um, experts and whatnot, and it's this X factor that no one knows how to deal with they're like, what, you know, I I can't help you with shadow banning. And it's like, great, you can give me as many tips in the world as to how to post and when to post. But given that I have, you know, however many demonic, archonic trolls monitoring my account, it's certainly not the algorithm since I'm handwriting everything. They will go after anything that I post that A, will educate people as to how to empower themselves, 
B, educate people as to propaganda techniques being used to manipulate their minds, and C, anything that makes me money. So those are, those are the big three. It has nothing to do with fovid disinformation, erection disinformation. It doesn't have anything to do with me at this point, those things. It's just deliberate attacks on my income stream or the attempts that I make to help empower the public. Um, so I guess I'm just sharing this to let you guys know like what a big fucking deal censorship really is and you know to invite your your support in figuring out how to wake the world up to it. I, I haven't really been successful and it's especially frustrating with my old journalist co colleagues who at this point have all written me off and you know aside from Miriam Hanain and you know the, the guys at New Mexico Rising podcast I'm pretty much X'd out of most journalism groups at this point. But what I've heard in this very like throwaway um, kind of like uncaring way is like, oh, well, you shouldn't be sharing disinformation. And it's like, well, you can fact check, you know, to this day, no one has been able to uh, debunk anything that we put in that documentary. And, and I will say that's the most rigorous fact checking that I have been put through as a journalist. And again, like I'm not. It's nothing that I, I'm not sharing alternate facts per se or real facts that are being rebranded as alternate facts. I'm just trying to educate the, pub, the people and uplift the people and that's what they're going after. Um, and I find it weird that fellow journalists would have any, would offer any leeway for censorship at all. Like I don't, that's the part of the mind control that I think confuses me the most. It's like, Okay, if you think that like your political party is the end all be all and everyone who's part of it is perfect and everyone who's not is bad, okay, fine. If you think that, you know, certain medical interventions are completely safe and effective even though you've done absolutely zero research on them whatsoever, great. Mazeltov. Like whatever it is, but if you think that it's okay to silence people's speech because it hurts your feelings or because you're, you know, like your influencers are telling you that certain things shouldn't be said. I don't, I, I have a hard time tolerating that one, forgiving that one, understanding that one. Like it's the first amendment for a reason. It's the first. It is the primary precept upon which our constitutional republic was based is that freedom of speech is the most important thing and it is cr totally insane to me that journalists aren't raising an eyebrow but whatever that okay i think that does it for my first like long form solo podcast ramble i'd love your feedback like let me know was this too all over the place Obviously, I have more guests planned um, and more guests coming on. As I said, I'm just, I'm moving slowly. I'm allowing myself to move slowly. I'm allowing myself to relinquish relinquish all the pressure that had been on before and just do things in an easier way. And um, the big thing is I really want us to start thinking of the masculine feminine thing in terms of these larger energetics and how we are embodying them and to really understand that this intolerance and derision and cancel culture um, coming out of certain segments of society is a reflection of 
the imbalanced masculine is an expression of the imbalanced masculine and is only going to create greater masculine imbalance on top of more separation and conflict between us, the people who would be wise to utilize the feminine idea of unifying, of holding space for our differences. And it's only through that feminine holding and accepting and availing that will be resourced to unify and course correct from a more balanced, alchemized, masculine, feminine, um, like architecture, support structure. And that's only going to come from us. All right. I think. All right, superstars. This is the part of the podcast where we step away from the public platforms to move on to our membership platforms. As you are enjoying this conversation, as much as I am enjoying having it, I encourage you to find the second half over over, that word was over, on either my Locals page or my Patreon. The aim is to be back in a couple weeks with a new guest. We'll see how that continues to unfold. If you're not already supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, I encourage you to feel into doing that, feel into if that is aligned with you, if you're getting any value from what I'm sharing. Again, this is my year of receiving and your support lets me know that what I'm doing is valuable, what I'm doing is valued. Um, it lets me know that people want me to keep doing this and it allows me to keep doing this. I'm also reminding you to click that subscribe button. Um, if there's the option of the bell, click that so that you can be notified when I drop more videos. Thank you for liking, for sharing, for commenting, for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me 
or by way of Venmo, where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.